You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. Parents, mark your calendars. July 9th through the 11th, we're having Vacation Bible School for ages 3 to 5th grade from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Your child will experience interactive Bible lessons, sing songs with IFC worship, as well as expand their discoveries through crafts and games. You can register at intlfamilychurch.com slash VBS. If you'd like to be part of VBS, we're accepting volunteers. Connect with Erica Jones, our Kids World Director, through our website to find out how you can help. Coming up on Saturday, July 13th, we'll be joining hundreds of churches to take part in a nationwide initiative called Serve Day. Serve Day is an annual opportunity for the church to get out of the church and make a difference in the surrounding community. If you're passionate about helping people in a way that can impact their lives forever, we want to encourage you to join us for this special day. You can play an important role in helping others by spreading the love of Jesus in the greater Boston area and beyond. Be sure to mark your calendars for Serve Day, July 13th. Now here's today's message. Are you ready for God's Word today? Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you for this amazing opportunity we have to study your Word today. We're excited about this. We have expectation, excitement. We're on the edge of our seat. We're not going to sit back and just say, whatever. We're going to open up our hearts and allow the Spirit of God to make an investment into our soul, into our mind, into our thoughts, to make an investment, a life investment that will produce great fruit for your honor and for your glory. Thank you for answering our questions. Thank you, Father God, for uh, the words that come out of my mouth, and may they do exactly what they need to be in the hundreds of people that are here. They might need to hear it a very different way than the man on the left and the woman on the right, but you do it somehow. You you say it in such a way that we hear it in our heart, and it's exactly what we needed, whether we're brand new in Christ or we've been at this thing a long, long time. We believe it'll be good for us to have been together in the house of the Lord. We thank you that the way we walked in is going to be very different than the way we walk out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome today. So glad you're with us. This is part three in our four-part series entitled, When Opportunity Knocks. When Opportunity Knocks. How many know God is a God of opportunity? Right? He's a God of opportunity. He wants us to enjoy those opportunities on a daily basis. It's not something that should happen every once in a while, once a quarter, once every three years. Amen. God wants us to enjoy opportunity. And we've been asking this question, when opportunity knocks... Will we be ready? Will we be ready? And so we want to make sure that when opportunity knocks, that we're going to be ready. I heard a man of God say years ago, and I've applied it as a pastor for many, many years, and he said, you get what you preach. If you don't preach it, you're not going to get it. If you don't sow the seed, there's not going to be a harvest. Amen. We believe God's a God of opportunity. We believe God is opening up opportunities for us as a church. He's opening opportunities for you and your family, you businessman, businesswoman. God is opening up opportunities, and he wants us not to miss those opportunities. Opportunities to bless us, opportunities to advance us, opportunities to restore us, opportunities to help us to be the best that we can be and live out our full 
potential in Jesus' name. God doesn't want you living your life frustrated, always right at the doorpost or the right at the edge of opportunity and never walking through the door. Amen. He wants you to walk through the door and be ready and prepared. Our key verse has been this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, for a great and effective door has opened up to me and there are many adversaries. It's a powerful verse. Other translations talk about a wide door of opportunity. Um, and they use other words besides adversaries, um, opposition. But the way that we have really amplified this verse is that we understand the two words here, great and effective. What do those words mean? Let's remind you. The word great means unusually large in size and dimension. Effective, valid, or powerful, producing desired results. This sounds like to me the doors you're praying for. This sounds like to me the opportunities I'm believing God for, right? Man, we are all believing. We don't, we don't want a wimpy opportunity. We want a great opportunity, unusually large in size and dimension, something that's producing desired results. So that's God's desire. That's God's plan. That's what God wants. God wants this for you. God wants this for your family. He wants this for your business and for your finances and for your health and, and, and the opportunities that God has in store for us. Absolutely, that is God's plan. Now, because it's God's plan, you and I both know, why aren't there more of us experiencing these kinds of opportunities, right? That's a valid question. And I believe the reason why more of us aren't experiencing that is the word, go back to that verse again, is simply the word at the end here, many adversaries. We don't like that part. You know, when the Lord first opened up that verse to me, I was so excited about this verse, especially about the first part, not so much about the second part, right? Man, I was all excited about this. Man, the Lord started opening my eyes about opportunities and trusting God and believing God for many things. And, and so one day as I was meditating on this some years ago, I, was, I started making a list, a list of the, of the adversaries that I could see or adversaries that I would assume uh, would be around these doors of opportunity. And I began to make these lists. And while I was making these lists, I heard this in my heart. Just make sure you're not one of those adversaries. And I thought, oh man, I had the same reaction you did. I thought, wow, that got personal really fast, right? Just make sure you're not one of those adversaries. Can I be honest with you that I have been one of those adversaries? More times than I want to count. More times than I want to admit. I have been one of those adversaries. My insecurity, my self-doubt, the opinions of other people, right? Unbelief. There have been several different things that I could say, man, I have been in the way. I didn't need the devil. I didn't need any other adversaries. I was doing a good job all by myself. <laughs> Opening all these doors, and it was me standing in the way. The devil thought, man, you're doing a good job by yourself. I'll just kind of, I'll stand over here. Yeah. Right? Because we become our own worst enemy. If you were honest, you'd say the same thing. Right? 
Amen. I won't ask for a, share, a show of hands because I don't want anybody lying in church this morning um, because it's absolutely the truth. Amen. It's the truth. Now, in all honesty, one of the greatest adversaries I've become is when I've allowed fear to rule my thoughts. Remember, we're talking about opportunity. Remember, part one, we talked about the five most important things you need to know about the doors in your life. In part two, we talked about one of those doors. Um, which, how do we know which doors to walk past and which doors to walk through? And last week, we talked about the door of discernment, didn't we? How do we know? How do we know? Because there's a cost. Every time you go through a door, there's a price to pay. Money, effort, energy, partnership, relationship. There's, there's a price you will pay. And we want to make sure we're going through the right doors so we're experiencing the right kind of reward and harvest and not going through the wrong doors and then experiencing some of the pain that comes because of that. So we talked about discernment, how to hear the voice of God. And what, what does that look like? Well, today, I want to talk to you about the door of courage. The door of courage, which leads us to our big takeaway today. Every time opportunity knocks, we have a choice to make. Allow fear to stop us or choose to walk in courage. Let's unpack this today. Let's help us understand the, the choices that each one of us have to make because God is opening a door. God is preparing our hearts and we want to make sure that we know which doors to walk past and which doors to walk through. And when it's time to walk through, we want to make sure fear's not stopping us and courage rises inside of us to press through whatever it is that's trying to stop us from walking through. Are you here? I love the words of Jesus. It says in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, not a matter of if. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's good news today. I could go off on that for a real long time. Following Jesus doesn't mean that we'll never falter, we'll never fail, or we'll never fear. It means that when we are faced with certain realities, we have to learn to make a choice to take heart. You can't be a person ready for opportunity when it knocks if you don't take heart. If you don't have a heart that's courageous, a heart that will stand up and be accounted for, the lives of great leaders and everyday people teach us that those who follow a God-sized opportunity need a God-sized courage. Absolutely. Amen. The psalmist, I love how he makes it this way and how he says it. He said, be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who hope in the Lord. How many of you are hoping in the Lord this morning? Yes. How many of you are hoping for a better future? Hoping for greater opportunities? Yes, of course, we go down the list of things. Well, the psalmist says, if you have that kind of hope, if you have that kind of expectation, you're going to need courage. Amen. You're going to need courage. What good is it? I don't want just to hope and hope and hope and hope and hope and praying and, and, and it ends up just being a big wish unless there's courage to go along with it, Right? You can have the most crystal clear vision. 
you can know the steps. You can know what needs to be done. You can have a clarity about your goals. But unless you pull the trigger, unless you act on it, it's never going to come to pass. Amen? That's why we need courage. Amen. You can pray all you want for all your uh, opportunities and pray for God to bring breakthrough in your life. Amen. But at some point, we're going to have to walk through the doors. If you haven't already discovered it, you soon will. If you're going to be ready when opportunity knocks, you will need courage. Here's the definition of courage. Wikipedia says this. Courage is the ability to confront fear in the face of pain, danger, uncertainty, or intimidation. Wow. That's serious. Anytime there's an opportunity, man, we have to face fear. We have to recognize oftentimes there's pain, physical pain, emotional pain. There's all kind of danger around, uncertainty. We feel like intimidation tries to rise up and stop us. And courage is simply having the guts that needs to, the guts to do what needs to be done, regardless how you feel and regardless of all the unanswered questions you might have. Amen. See, just because you feel fear, just because you have unanswered questions, doesn't mean you can't walk in courage. Doesn't mean you can't walk by faith. Doesn't mean you can't stand on God's word. Amen. When you walk in courage, you have to have endurance and firmness and fortitude to make your stand. Amen. And no matter what opposition you encounter. Amen. See, without courage, you will opportunities will be missed. So let's talk for a moment and get back to courage. Let's talk for a moment about fear. Let's address fear. Let's unwrap it. Let's, let's um, reveal it, right? Let's catch it today. Are you ready for that? Yeah. You with me? Yeah. You're in faith with me, right? Yeah. In partnership, yeah. working together here. Amen. Good. All right. Let's understand something. The source of fear is Satan, right? The source of of fear is Satan. And you need to understand, fear is the master spirit. It's the mother of all spirits. Fear is such a powerful force that it can actually steal your destiny. The feelings of fear are very real, and, and, and they can be very strong. And, and fear is one of the most powerful negative emotions that we uh, encounter throughout life. And the longer we permit the feelings of fear to rule us, the stronger they become. When you don't do anything about fear, and you let fear remain, and you hang out in fear, it doesn't get weaker. It gets stronger and stronger. It picks up momentum, and it becomes a greater stronghold in our lives. There's no doubt about it. There, those with the spirit of fear that's on them are prone to think the worst possible things about life than the best. They have a list of what-ifs, oh my Lord, that becomes endless. And the fear of the unknown keeps them frozen in place, unable to make healthy progress in their lives. The Bible says that fear is paralyzing, it's tormenting, and anybody who's ever dealt with fear and dealt with that spirit, you know, my Lord, it's not fun to live with. 
It's not fun to coexist with. It's, a, it's challenging and overwhelming to us at times. And fear hinders our progress. And that's exactly what the devil, why he uses his favorite weapon of fear. It stops us. It hinders us. See, I believe in divine assigned connections. I pray that every day that I will walk in divine assigned connections. But fear keeps us from divine assigned connections. Fear keeps us from the intersection where we were supposed to meet that divine assigned connection. And fear keeps us in our homes and keeps us silent and it keeps us by ourselves and keeps us introverted and it keeps us without being in the right place at the right time. I want to be in the right place at the right time. I want to meet the people that I'm supposed to meet. I say every time, and I don't don't mean this arrogantly when I pray this, I pray, Lord, I thank you. There are people that I need to meet today and people that need to meet me. I don't mean that arrogantly. I mean that as I believe in divine assigned connections. And if I allow fear to stop me from being where I needed to be, I won't meet that person that I needed to meet, and they won't meet me. How many businessmen and businesswomen don't meet that person, that partner, that person who needs what you're doing? Because fear, self-doubt, right? Being our own worst enemy keeps us from that place. You know what the devil tries his best to do? It's called containment. Now, he knows once you give your life to Christ, he can't stop you. Oh, he'll try. But he doesn't necessarily stop you from getting to heaven, but he sure wants you to be contained here on earth. He sure wants you to be in a place where you don't experience the uh, the fullness of the life of God in you. Oh, the devil, he'll let you get a little drip and drab here and now and then. And, 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 but as long as you don't like stand up and declare your, the will of God, the plan of God, and you go after it in faith and stand on God's word, the devil loves the contain. He loves keeping us in our boxes. And if we're not careful, just because your box is bigger than my box, we think you're not contained. But you are. Just keep smiling. Containment. He loves containing us. He loves keeping us from our resources and keeping us from the people that we need and keeping us from the opportunities and keeping us from being in the right place at the right time. Amen. He loves to contain us. Fear doesn't go away. Fear doesn't evaporate. Fear doesn't disappear. Fear has to be confronted. It really does. It has to be confronted with God's word. Has to be confronted with your renewed mind and your made-up mind. Has to be confronted. If you don't confront it, it's just it's always remaining and it will only grow. Somebody has to stand up and say, I'm done being bound by fear. I'm done letting fear control me. I'm done being my own worst adversary. Somebody has to rise up and de- declare and determine, man, you know God has big plans for you. And we just let fear grip us and stop us. Listen to what God said to the Israelites. This is so good. Isaiah 41, verse 10 and 13. Fear not. There is nothing to fear. For I am with you. Do not look around in terror and be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand. Fear not, I will help you. 
Man, that's a good promise, isn't it? Man, that's, a, that's worthy of your refrigerator. That's worthy of your mirror in your bathroom. Are you kidding me? Amen. That's, that's a good one. Whether you're believing for an opportunity or not, that's just a great verse to stand on. Amen. To not fear. And he wants to, he says there what? Don't be dismayed. I want to harden you to difficulties. About all those adversaries that are around that door, right? He wants to make sure that you're in a place where you don't succumb uh, to the thoughts and the words. He wants to make sure your heart is strong, amen, and understanding the goodness of God. There is not one positive thing about fear. Not one. Not one positive thing about fear. So I want to encourage you, amen, to begin to kick fear to the curb and begin to declare and to begin to say to you in your heart of hearts, I will not fear. I will not fear. I'll not give in to fear and begin to stand your ground. There's a lot more we can say about that and standing on God's word. But oftentimes being afraid of things um, in our being afraid, we're oftentimes afraid of things that haven't even happened yet. Right? We're building up all these pictures, and that's what worry does. And, and, and we, we have to understand that we need to discipline ourselves to believe that no matter what happens in life, God is greater than any problem, any adversary, amen, that we may face in this life. God is greater. Tell your neighbor, God is greater. Listen. Fear is expecting something bad to happen, but God wants us to aggressively put our trust in him and boldly take him at his word every day of our lives. Every day of our lives. Take him at his word. Stand your ground. Rise back up and determine, no way, I'm not going to allow this to happen. You just got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Get in that place and say, I'm tired of being bound by this spirit when God has so much more in store for me. Amen. See, in this passage, the the Lord is telling his people to to what? To not look around them in terror or be dismayed. Amen. Um, He is their God. Amen. So we got to remember something. We got to remember, he is not commanding us never to feel fear but rather not to let it control us. Some of you think you can't go through opportunity unless all the fear goes away. But sometimes you just need to go through that door afraid. If necessary, do it afraid. Amen. And that's the thing. See, we think that we have to just be all perfect, and that's what courage is for. That's what courage is for. That's what faith is for. Amen. Courage is the stage where, where courage performs, where there's always fear, fear, cur- fear. Let me say it this way. Courage is not waiting for fear to go away. Courage is acting even though there might be fear. Did you get that? That's courage. There would be no need for courage unless there was also fear. Fear gives us the opportunity to walk in courage, right? Why would you need encouragement, right, if you had all the courage you needed? Fear, just because you feel it doesn't mean it should stop you. Notice the Bible doesn't tell us to tremble not, sweat not, shake not. It says fear not. 
There's a difference. In this context, to fear is to take flight and run from. So listen, fear not simply means don't run. When we are faced with fear, rather than bowing our knee to it, we must stand firm against it and just do it afraid if we have to. Let me tell you something. You don't think when we bought this building, I didn't walk in here shouting and my knees knocking all at the same time? Right? I mean, we realized right away buying this building, as a miracle as it was, buying it cash, I learned quickly miracles are expensive. First month, electric bill, $10,000. Aren't you glad that's not your electric bill? If you're not careful, you can take on that thing thinking, I got to do something to make this happen, right? I, did, I, I stood out of the way to see what God did here, but I walked in here shouting and excited and my knees knocking. We walked in here and there was plenty of feeling fear like, wow, this is big, <laughs> right? How are we going to pull this off? Just because you feel fear doesn't mean you don't step out courageously in faith. Amen. Amen. See, we have to stand firm against it, amen, and not run. Many of us would be, we would, we would be a lot farther along if we just quit running and stand. Not running, but standing on God's word, standing on God's word that he gave you, standing on the understanding that he told you to do something and he will make it come to pass. And you might feel all kind of anxiety and fear about it, but you got to make up your mind. See, some of the greatest victories and the greatest blessings are all on the other side of hearing God say to you, fear not. Don't run. Wow. Don't run. Tell your neighbor, don't run. I love Philippians chapter 1. It says this in verse 28. This is so good. And do not for a moment. Notice. Man, don't. You can't afford a moment. And we spend hours and days meditating on our fears. And he's telling us here, not for a moment. Wow. Be frightened or intimidated anything by your opponents or adversaries. For such constancy when you stand your ground and you don't run, such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof, and seal to them of their impending doom and destruction, destruction, but a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Amen. See, the devil's a bully. You learn how to go stand your ground, and the, the bully does what? Right? He backs up. I remember a time, the first time I learned this, my parents were missionaries in Italy. We were in Rome, Italy, and I was, I was 10 years old. And it was my assignment to go to the store and buy milk and bread. Why did I have to go? I went. I had my assignment. So I learned the phrase, how to say it in Italian, you know, un litro di latte and some pane. You know, I, I, I had it down pat. But I didn't know. He, he's asking me a question, and I said the same thing over again. <laughs> what I learned later, he was trying to say, do you want chocolate milk or regular milk? You know, I didn't know. But every time I came out of that store, from the very first day I went in that store, there was a bully that would always find me 
And the only words he knew was Yankee go home and he would spit in my face. I thought, 10 years old. I mean, even I know. And he's bigger than I am. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is not going to be good. I'd go home and complain to my dad. And, you know, dad, well, you know, we're new here. We're new in the neighborhood. Don't cause any trouble. Um, you know, just go, you know, walk in love and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, walk in love? <laughs> so this keeps happening. To one day I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done being intimidated. I'm done being you know, humiliated. This time he comes up to me, Yankee, go home. So he does one of these, and I do one of these between his legs. <laughs> oh, yeah, 10 years old. I kicked him so hard between his legs, he fell like a ton of bricks on the ground, and I ran for my life. As a little 10-year-old, I could run, boy, and I ran all the way home. I, I don't know if I had the milk or the bread. I'm not sure what I had, but all I knew is I'm going to die in Rome, Italy at 10 years old. I ran home as fast as I could, and of course, the next day or whenever it was to go back to the store, I'm in fear and trepidation. You know, we became buddies. We became buddies. He taught me soccer. I taught him baseball. We became friends. Now, I'm not suggesting I don't want you to become friends with the devil. But you get the point. A bullies have to be dealt with. You have to stand your ground to the bully. You have to, you have to intimidate the bully. So the bully is a bully. And as soon as you punch him in the nose, as soon as you kick him between the legs, amen, as soon as you do whatever you want to do, whatever it is, the lesson you need to learn, right, he will back down. He's a defeated foe. He's just waiting for you to stand your ground in the name of Jesus. He's just waiting for you to call in the name of Jesus. He's just waiting for you to say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my house and over my dreams and over my sleep. And come on, somebody, right? You got to stand your ground, not be intimidated. When you are, it sends a clear sign to the enemy. You're not being pushed around. And it's a clear token and sign to you of what God's about to do for you. That's how we start believing God for opportunities. Amen. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. Amen. And I need, we need to understand how true that is. Now listen, I need to wrap this up. For those of you that have allowed fear to hinder you and stop you, for those of you that you've been in a place where you thought for sure that was the right door and you went to that right door, you thought, and it turned out to be the worst door of your life and you're still paying a price for it. For those of you that have, a, have, have believed that you're, you have a broken chooser and you can't choose right and you've, been, you've given up choosing, you've given up living, you've given up in that place where I, I, I blow it every time, I find love in all the wrong places, I invest my money in the wrong places, I, it seems like I'm always in the wrong place at the wrong time. If that and others feel that way, I've had this word, one word in my heart for you for days. And here's the word. It's the word, arise. Arise. What does arise mean? It simply means get up and get going. Get up and get going. It's God's answer to many things. It was God's answer in the Bible to many people that had missed opportunities. It's God's answer for me. It's God's answer for you. It's the word. It's a simple word, but it has such power. It means to arise. For 40 years, 
the children of Israel leaned heavy on Moses' leadership. He led them through the wilderness, 40 years. And they looked to him for direction and guidance. Then we know what happened. Moses died in the wilderness. Now they're mourning. They're upset. They're grieving. They're like, what now? What next? Bewildered. Lost. Like, what do we do now? Our leader's gone. He died. He was supposed to lead us to the promised land. He was supposed to take us to the, to the God opportunity that was been promised to us. So God spoke to Joshua, their new leader, and said this in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I have given you, to the opportunity that belongs to you. Amen. Joshua and all the people knew that Moses was dead. Why did, why did God have to say it again? Why did, the, why did the word of the Lord come and say again, Moses, my servant, is dead? I believe it, it's an emphatic statement intended to wake them up to the fact that they had two choices, to sit there and die or get up and get going. You find yourself at an intersection where I need to, I need to make a decision here. I need to, I need to rise up. I, 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 I can't live my life this way. I'm missing too much. I'm, I'm, so, I'm done being depressed. I'm done being overwhelmed. I'm done being intimidated. I'm done being bound by fear. I'm done listening to everybody else's opinion, what I think everybody else is thinking about me. Amen. And God said to the children of Israel, and he says to us today, hey, you got two choices, IFC. You can sit there and die, or you can get up and get going. Tell you what, it's time to get up and get going. Yes, it is. It's time for you to realize for you and your family, you as the head of your household, you in your life and your, as a young adult in your, in your years of dreaming and your years of, maybe you've made plenty of mistakes, but hear the Lord say to you today, in the midst of your despondency, get up and get going. Think about this in John 5. Jesus encountered a crippled man at the pool of Bethesda. Here this man was waiting. At the pool of Bethesda, the angel would come at a certain time and stir the water, and anybody who got into the water first got healed. Hundreds of people that are sick and diseased and paralyzed and crippled all around the pool. Jesus sees this man and asks him, how long have you been here? And the man said, 38 years. What did Jesus say back to him? Well, you've been here a pretty long time. Be patient. One day it'll come. Hang in there. Cheers. Right? Wish you luck. Good luck. Is that what he said? No. Here's what he said. Here's what he said. John 5, 8. Jesus said to him, what? Say it louder. Arise, take up your bed and walk. Amen. Imagine 38 years of missed opportunities, 38 years watching other people get their opportunity, 38 years seeing the water stirred and somebody else get in there and they got their opportunity and they were healed. 38 years. When's my turn coming? How about me, God? Hey, I've been faithful. I've been doing my best. Why does everybody else seem to get theirs and I'm not getting mine? 38 years. Man, there's a lot of us that feel that way. A lot of us that feel that way that we've been stuck and we've been in a place bound for so, so long. And we need to hear the Lord say, get up and get going. 
Maybe it's not sickness for you. Maybe you have blown it. Maybe you have made the worst choices. You've hurt yourself. You've hurt your family. Your heart is broken in a million pieces. You can't believe how many people that you've hurt. And you've fallen. And you've, you've missed the mark so many times. Thank God Micah 7.8 gives you a word from the Lord today. When I fall, I shall arise. Get up and get going. Do you hear the word of the Lord today? Do you hear what God is saying over International Family Church? Do you hear what God is saying over your life, over your family today? You need to hear him loud and clear. Arise. Get up and get going. Amen. We must choose to get up and get going and not be trapped in the past, in, the, in fear and disappointment and intimidation. It didn't work, Pastor. She was the wrong one. He was the wrong one. That was the wrong job. Oh, my Lord, Pastor, I paid a very dear price. And I'm sorry that you did. But God's trying to give you a brand new start. He's trying to tell you today is your day to arise, to get up and get going. When I'm discouraged and I'm down, there seems to be this one verse that always seemed to rally me. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Look what it says. What's the first word? Ha! Ah. Arise, Jonathan. Get up and get going. From the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you, rise to a new life. I can't tell you how many times in my life and in yours, We've allowed circumstances. We've allowed people. We've allowed opinions. We've allowed our own self-doubts. We've allowed so many things to stop us. And in the midst of these circumstances that have kept us from away from opportunities, God says to us, arise. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I pray you hear the word of the Lord today. This door of courage. We can't do this, church. Whatever we are going to be doing as a corporate body of believers, as a family, as a community, what you need to do without making sure that we walk through the door of courage. Wow. Courage is so important. Listen, the days of being stuck in fear are behind you. Rise up and obey God. The days of playing it safe are behind you. Rise up and obey God. Dare to arise. Dare to put all your past behind you. Amen. Dare to press past all the adversaries and dare to press past your own um, ability, the, being the one of your own being, your own adversary. Dare to rise up and walk by faith and not by sight and dare to take some risks and dare to have the courage to connect. It's the time. You can't do this without making sure that courage it's big in our hearts. And I pray for a divine impartation of courage over you in the name of Jesus. And I declare you full of faith. I declare that this word arise comes up inside your heart. I pray it's a word of deliverance for you. It's a word of, of encouragement. It's a word that says, you know what, Father? I needed this. This is the word that comes to my rescue. And from this day forward, it's my word. Yes. It's my word. Arise. Get up. And get going. What was our big takeaway? Every time opportunity knocks, we have a choice to make. 
allow fear to stop us or choose to walk in courage. I don't know about you. I choose courage. How about you? You choose courage? Come on, stand to our feet. Wow. Oh, thank you, Father. Come on, give him praise today. Raise those hands towards heaven and thank him for his goodness today. Yes. Oh, God, a word in due season. Thank you, Father, for reading my mail today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming into my heart, my life, my circumstances, my self-pity, my intimidation. Thank you for invading my world today. That's the kind of God we serve. Thank you, Father. Oh, Jesus. We can't do this without you. Oh, Jesus, the more we learn, the more we understand, the more we determine, oh, how I need you. The master door, Jesus is that door, opens up all the other doors. Got to go through the right doors. There is the door. There's not many doors. There's one door. Jesus said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The Father has all the doors of opportunity waiting for us. But Jesus needs to live in your heart. He stands at your heart's door and he knocks today, waiting for you to open that door. Let him in. Pray a simple prayer of forgiveness. Simple prayer of faith of receiving Jesus as your Lord. Heaven can be your home. A brand new beginning and a brand new start can belong to you. No more fears, no more doubts. You might feel them. Man, Jesus is there for you to help you stay strong. You're going to say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. Pray for me, please. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not to embarrass you or single you out. None of that. I want you out of the intention of your own heart to say, that's me. I'm going to, I'm going to man up today. I'm going to woman up today. I need Jesus. I need him desperately. I need his miracle working power. I need him working in my life. I need to be forgiven from my sin. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. Raise your hand nice and high if that's you. Pray for me, Pastor. Thank you. 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 Wow. Thank you. I see it back there. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you all the way back there. God bless you. Thank you. Yes, sir. I see it. Thank you, ma'am. I see it. Thank you. Wow. Yes, sir. I see it. Ma'am, I see it. Both of you. Good for you both. Thank you. Awesome. Who else? Raise it up high. Yeah, over here. Thank you, ushers. Yep, thank you. God bless you. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Wow. Yep, I see it over there. Thank you. You can put it down. I see it, ma'am. God bless you. Man, that's the greatest miracle of all miracles. That makes my heart so happy today to see people for the very first time standing up and declaring, it's my turn to do this God's way. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to believe and watch him work in my life. Anybody else before I pray? Thank you, Jesus. Pray this prayer with me, all of us together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I can't do this by myself. I've tried. It don't work. Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I denounce my past. I want to live for you. 
I declare you as my Lord and Savior. And I receive by faith forgiveness, salvation, eternal life. You're in charge now. You're the boss. I lean on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times or how you can get involved, please visit INCLFamilyChurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.